Um, but yeah, we're gonna move into the cow side. Um, the, the caveat is, is I, I am not Dr. Vanderlei. He could not be here today, um, so I am borrowing his slides, so bear with me as we muddle through that. My second caveat is I am not an immunologist, and there are some immunology slides in here that we're gonna muddle through, um, but hopefully come out with, with a little bit of a look at um, some pot potential for cow programs. Um, so, as we talked about in the last presentation, vaccination is an important strategy, um, mostly as a risk protection strategy, right? For, for clients, I often compare it to insurance. Um, and you'll see in some of the studies we talk about later in this presentation um, why that's important, and it, and it does work well. Um, but, but we're investing in that protection that, that you can't necessarily handle a catastrophic loss in that, um, in that calf production system. Um, the other thing we think about is, is using that cow as a vehicle um, to help protect that calf early in life, right? That colostral immunity is what we're after um, to protect that calf. Uh, we all know fairly well how that works and how important that is to that young calf. Um, but that's, that's another reason to, to think about your cow vaccination program. Um, and then ultimately we get some protection for the cow herself, right? Um, we don't want to see, see cows that, that break with pneumonia. Um, and any time during the production system. Uh, the biggest challenge in, in setting up um, cow vaccination programs when I was in practice is, is timing and logistics, right? It's a balancing act. We have a limited number of times that we're gonna be touching that cow during that production cycle, and we have to tailor that program um, to fit what works in your production system and get you the most benefit for what we're doing. Um, so big questions we answer, uh, when, are, when are we vaccinating? Um, and how are we making those decisions? Uh, with what, so types of products, and then who, right? That replacement heifer that's not bred is very different than that mature cow uh, that's carrying a calf. Uh, so this is Brian's analogy. He likes to compare it to Clue. Um, if I have any uh, game, game fan, board game fans in, in the audience, you'll, you'll understand this. Um, goal of Clue, right, is we want to know who did it, with what, and where. Um, so when we talk about the immune system, um, that's really what we're doing, right? We're giving them an antigen, so what? Um, who are we vaccinating, or who's... Um, who's the culprit and um, where. Uh, so it makes a difference. See, uh, Dr. Hoffman touched on intranasals, right? So intranasals are different than injectable products. And so that, that can make a difference in, in the immune system that we're setting up. So the question always, right, is we go in and we wanna design a vaccine program and what's the question we ask? I know you've all asked it. You've all stood in your veterinarian's office and said, um, doc, do I need a modified live program or do I need a killed vaccine program, right? Who's my guilty parties? I know you're out there. Everybody's done it. Um, so that's in the past always been the discussion we've had, right? Which of those programs work in my system? Um, and then timing. Hopefully you've had that discussion as well. Um, and hopefully that has uh, lent some some insight into whether we use those programs, right? Uh, Pre-breeding, uh, pregnancy exam time, right? We have discussions about safety of that vaccine for that pregnant cow and that fetus. Uh, and then pre-calving. 
uh, same thing, right? We're getting towards the end of gestation, what are we after as far as immunity? So in the past, the discussion has always been this, the safety of modified live versus a killed vaccine, right? We've probably all had this discussion. Um, there's a couple things, a couple takeaways on this slide. Um, this is production of PI calves. So if any of you have had the BVD talk with your vet, um, you know that PIs are, are bad, right? Those are the ones, those are our constant shedders. They treat that virus as their own body. Um, they're virus factories. They're hugely damaging to our production systems. Um, so that um, shows us, and this is where we picked up those modified live programs, right? Um, the gray bar is your PI. So this is our control, meaning that they were not vaccinated with anything. So we show that we can really reliably produce PIs if we don't vaccinate. Um, this is our killed program in this study. So we're showing and that this was to demonstrate that potentially those killed products were not protecting um, for the formation of that PI calf if we had BVD circulating in that herd. Uh, the takeaway on this side, um, these bars, I know these are really small, but the, the thing we're demonstrating there is they demonstrated that we had circulating virus in those heifers in the face of BVD exposure which is really the, what, we're at, what we're looking at when we're asking if we can form a PI. Um, if we don't have virus circulating, we're not going to expose that virus to the calf or the fetus. Um, we won't get a PI. A um, couple quick immunology slides. Like I said, I'm not an immunologist, but just recognize um, this is a representation of that viral particle. And we know that if we use a killed vaccine versus a modified live vaccine, they see that virus differently. The goal of a modified live program is to have that virus um, active and replicating in that animal in a way that the animal can mount an immune response and control it, right? Um, so that modified live is gonna actually recognize more of those internal structures, or, and the immunity is gonna be more towards those internal structures when we use that modified live. Um, versus classically we think of a killed um, as recognizing external structures. So the way the immune system views that virus will be different depending on the vaccine you use. All right, now we're getting well deep into my immunology abilities. Um, but the point of this slide is that how that animal first sees that antigen can have lasting impacts for how that immune response occurs later in life when they're exposed to a disease. Um, so that's really the short um, summary of this slide um, and why that's important. So the newer discussion, the discussion has changed um, as all things do um, as we learn more about the immune system of cattle. Um, our views shift, and I can tell you that it's been a significant shift even in my practice career. Um, I told students the other day I miss being a new graduate because I had all the answers. <laughs> when they came in and asked for a vaccine, I knew exactly what to give them because we knew all the answers. The farther I get, the more questions I have, right? Um, so we started to see a trend um, in a lot of these modified live programs that we were seeing a decrease in reproductive performance in some of these herds. Um, 
So there's also been a nice um, shift in our ability to find out what's happening. Um, diagnostic technology has progressed right along with our vaccine technology. Um, so prior to 2013, we just kind of noticed a trend um, that we were seeing some times where we thought we were struggling with reproductive performance in some of these herds that had um, modified live programs. 2013, we had some advances in our ability to determine why that was happening, and we started to find that we had um, actual vaccine strain viral issues uh, in some of these abortions. Um, the key here is, the other thing to keep in mind, there's not a brand of vaccine that's the culprit here. Um, it was represented really well across different brands, different programs. Um, so we just started to, to have an inkling that we had a potential problem. Uh, so I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this study because it's really been kind of paradigm shifting for me uh, when I think about cow herd vaccination. Um, and it's also a little bit complicated. So we'll go through this. Um, so this is, I know this is small, um, but this is a schematic of how they set this study up. Day zero is your pre-breeding working episode for your heifers. So they brought in a set of heifers that were ready to be developed, um, gave them their pre-breeding vaccinations, and then followed them um, for 978 days. So we're taking them from um, bringing them into the herd to a nearly three-year-old cow. There were two calving episodes that were in there. They were on a standard production cycle. So what they did that was different for each of these sets of heifers um, was how they vaccinated them. So we have that control group. Um, they received no vaccine all the way through. So they are essentially a naive cow herd. Haven't seen a vaccine. We have one set um, that received, or actually both sets that received modified live at pre-breeding. And then this group A um, went on your standard modified live program, right? Modified live at pre-breeding, and then into, enter the cow herd as a bred cow, bred heifer, and then continue to get that modified live at appropriate times. Our other experimental group went on to essentially a killed viral vaccine program. So received the modified live at pre-breeding, very standard, but instead of continuing that program as we normally would think we normally do, um, we switched them over to a killed product. We calved them out the first year. We rebred them here. And then once we preg checked those now cows, now second calf, coming second calf heifers, um, we exposed them to a PI. So we took that virus factory and we threw it in with these early bred cows. So if we're gonna create PIs, this is the classic challenge, right? Um, the other thing we did is uh, we went ahead and we gave them an IBR challenge. And we didn't just expose them to the IBR um, like they would normally be, they got an IV dose. So if they were gonna get infected, if they were gonna have problems, they were gonna have big problems, right? So this is super busy. 
And there's a couple important things to, to watch. Um, for, oh, sorry, there we go. First of all, anybody guess? So A, A is abortion, C is calf. So if that gives you an inkling of, of where we're going with this, anybody guess what group that was? They didn't get vaccinated, right? I heard somebody say it. Um, so we have, out of 15 head, we had four calves. So there's where I say I'd come back to that insurance issue. Unless you can stand to have a 73% fetal loss in your cow herd. I mean, if you can afford that, I got some real estate for you. <laughs> um, so I do like this for that fact. Vaccination works. Overall vaccination is important. Um, but the other thing, uh, so, oh, dang nabbit. Um, this is our BVD challenge. So these ones that are highlighted red, we found BVD in them. Um, so here's a live calf with BVD. Here's an abortion. Um, the blue are IBR. So here's two IBR abortions that, um, that we were able to diagnose out of that group. Um, so this is a summary that kind of brings that all together. Uh, remember B is our kind of non-traditional hybrid vaccination program, right? Um, so we, we started them with a modified live as we normally would do and then switched them over to that killed. Um, the standard killed, or uh, I'm sorry, modified live where we come in and continually annually vaccinate them with a modified live. Um, looks a lot better, right? But here's the character that's gonna give us problems. You guys towards the front can probably see that, but um, that's not an A, that's a C. So what does that mean for us? That's a live calf that we can find BVD in. So there's your PI that we created in this group in the face of vaccination. Now, keep in mind, this is one study, right? But it brings up, just like we talked about in the last presentation, just questions, right? We really want to think through how we're vaccinating cows, and it's changing really rapidly. Um, what we know or what we think we know, right? What is the saying? It's not what you know that'll kill you. It's what you think you know that isn't so. Uh, so the big picture, the big thing to take home is, so we've always had that that question, right, of do I need a killed program? Do I need a modified live program? That very black and white question. Well, the reality, much like everything else in life, is there's a lot of shades of gray, and that's probably where we live. Um, so keep that in mind when we're starting to talk about cow vaccinations. And this is a long-term investment, right? This isn't a calf that we're sending off to the feed yard. It's going to be harvested at 20 months of age, right? You're married to this gal, and she's hopefully going to be around for, what, eight, ten years? Uh, and try and pay herself off. So what we put in as an investment when they're young to set up immunity correctly um, is really important to our bottom line as we go, go along in the years. Um, and then priming conditions, I kind of touched on that already. They have the, you can create that long-term bias or that long, we can, we can set that up to work for us. 
um, or we can set it up to work against us. Uh, so something to keep in mind um, when we're thinking about those heifers especially. Um, so that was pretty quick, um, went through a lot of stuff. I'm happy to try and take any questions. I'm also gonna give you Dr. Vanderley's contact information because he's responsible for this. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. So on the top. Yes, all right. Okay, on the top, uh, is that an A? Like on the A column, is it an a, a red A, then two A's and a C? Yeah. Okay, so you're saying like, so you, you gave them their pre-breeding shot, you ate item, confirmed they were pregnant, then they were boarded? Or how yes. did, okay. The A's are abortions. Um, <clears throat> there's a, there's kind of a, they did keep track of where they aborted, so there's a little bit of difference. Um, some of them aborted just due to the BVD challenge. Some of them aborted after the IBR challenge. There was a little bit of lag in there. So that's where you get the different, the, um, the capital and little A's and okay. things like that there. So, so that gets a little complicated, but, um, but the overlying message is, um, what we're looking at is, is when they aborted. Did they abort um, quickly after, like early on in the pregnancy or later on? So, like, oh, let me think here. So all of them, with the exception of, I think it is, there's one that's an exception, but they all, outside of that one, aborted after one challenge or the other. So okay. we're trying to induce a, an abortion storm in the face of vaccination to see what vaccination is doing, to see if our insurance is paying off. Well, what I was kind of getting at was, was time frame of, because uh, you had a little deal about because we run a live, a live modified live program, and for a while it was, you know, oh, we got 30 days, we better give them their shot, you know. And sometimes we were giving it to them like 30 days before we turned bulls in. Yeah. And we did start noticing we were having more opens. Since then, we've backed it up like 60 days, and we give that shot in February, no breed till July. And I don't know, I mean, whatever. But our conception rates went way up, so that's what I was yeah. wondering if. You know the, the the shot's still lingering in, and so you're like, yeah, I am. You're oh, I got a bread, and then it aborts it real quick. Yep. So that wasn't. We didn't touch on that very much, but that is a real yeah, phenomenon, and it's something that we see um, when we give these modified live vaccines. It sets up inflammation in that reproductive tract. So you are absolutely right. If we're pushing the envelope on that, and we have to get it done, right? We've all been. I've been there. I, I've cratered my own cow herd myself. I should know better, right? Um, and we push it up and we give it, you know, three weeks, 30 days ahead of breeding time, we are gonna see a delay in good cycling and settlement of those cows because we're, we gotta deal with that inflammation first before we can take care of business. So what's a good solution then if we are backing up to that breeding season um, time frame? What would be a good option for those to have conversations with. <laughs> so that's a tough question, but it's one that we get really commonly. And there's there's two different issues there, right? So if we're dealing with heifers, that's an easy answer. We need to make sure we schedule our pre-breeding work out ahead of, uh, of that time. Uh, you know, and usually we're scheduling that around, you know, out in this region where Bang's vaccinating, so we can get that scheduled well in advance. And that's the important thing. Um, don't forget to do that pre-breeding vaccine 
um, ahead of time and, and then come up short on time. Uh, if we're bringing cows into the herd, um, that's a little different discussion, and we may need to think about where that's going to fit um, into the program. And I'll be honest, that's where I got caught myself. Um, brought in some new cows that were on a different program, wanted to get them on ours. I thought, oh, it won't hurt anything just this one time. We're pushing things a little close. We need to AI in 25 days. And, you know, it, it bit me. So we really got to think about, um, you know, whether we have to work those cows in stages post-calving or, you know, if, if it's worth looking at a different system or a different vaccination program for that segment of the herd. Who knows what works in your logistics, but we really need to think hard about it. 